Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We've been looking at verse 9. Took a long time in verse 9. There was so much there, and you know, it's there are just layers and levels of, of revelation. And I really need you to get the things that James is trying to communicate to us. Uh, I, I <laughs> it is it is sad uh, how much how a lot of what is written is taken and and used to condemn people, uh, and and some people are actually thrilled about that. Um, and you know it's just really sad that if you are living a life of condemnation, that's not a good life to live. Amen. And you know. This isn't a religion. This is a relationship. Who wants to live with someone that's always condemning them? I don't. Do you? I don't, I don't want to live. I leave and go find somebody else. No. <laughs> so, you know. But you know, this, is, this is sadly what a lot of preachers are doing out there. And uh, without going into any detail, I'm just, I'm just really glad that God is bringing these revelations to us. And that we can actually pick out the things that are not right. So, you know, because I, I, I asked the Lord a question. I said, God, am I going into too much detail with this stuff? You know, we take like three or four weeks on one verse, man. I mean, and it's not a lot of words in that verse either, you know. <laughs> and you sort of think, my Lord, you know. But it, as you know, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in doing certain courses and stuff at the moment. And the stuff that is out there, it, it's just... I'm convinced, and I, you know, I, I know now, I got my answer, that what we are doing is spot on. What we are doing, we need this. Because you people need to know, when you hear something, and people are using scriptures the wrong way, you need to be able to pick that out. Amen? Otherwise, it's going to come and mess your brain up. And it'll mess your life up as well. So, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Having said all of that, let's begin in verse... That, well, no, I, I said all that for a reason, because we're about to transition into another verse that uh, most people look at it from a negative point of view. I want to give you both sides. I want to give you the positive, and I want to give you the negative. Amen? So we're going to start with the positive, only because James has done it that way. And then we'll go to the negative because then he says, if you don't listen to this, then this is all the stuff that you need to consider. Are you all with me? So let's begin in verse 9 because it transitions into verse 10. He says again in verse 9, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. And we've talked about that. I'm not going to share on that again. And verse 10, then he says, but the rich, and I'm going to add these words in because that's the thought that's carried over but the rich that they glory and take pride in his humiliation. It sounds like it's double talk. You know? It sounds like how can you glory in in, and take pride in humiliation? Well, I'm going to tell you. So first, <laughs> the two thoughts that are here. The first is a little bit hidden and therefore has escaped most of the Christian community, sad to say, and that is the exhortation to be generous in secret. And not looking for recognition or praise, regardless of how much you might give. Thought number one. Second thought that is expressed here is not to be proud and allow your riches to corrupt you in any way. 
such as in your attitude towards others who aren't as well off, or desiring to live a life that is needlessly excessive and extravagant. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay. So those are the two thoughts that are actually being uh, uh, communicated here. But sadly, the, the second one is what everybody likes to jump on, because everybody wants to jump on the rich person and jump all over him until they need money. Because, you know, you need money to pay the electricity bill, and you need money to, to build your building and everything else. You know, we've got to stop doing stuff like that. Amen. Listen, you need to get this right. Because it says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and doesn't add any sorrow. So if somebody's been doing the right thing and they're prospering, don't get up there and tell them off. Amen? All right. Just teach them what to do with it. Because while they're telling them off, they're not learning anything. All right, let's begin. In his commentary, John MacArthur makes the point that just as poverty does not bring God closer to us, neither does wealth keep him further away. I really like that. Amen? Can I say that again? Just as poverty does not bring God closer to us. Because some people say, oh, you know, just God wants to take everything away from you to make you poor so that you just get close to him. No, that doesn't happen. People usually get everything taken away from them and go, God, don't you love me? It does the exact opposite of what religion thinks it should. But religion comes from the devil. Hello? And if we don't wake up to that, we're going to keep preaching garbage. Sorry to say. All right. Sorry, my filters are off today. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but notice the second thing he says as well. He says, neither does wealth keep him further away. See, everybody looks at the rich man and goes, see, because he had money, he walked away. I keep telling you, it does, it's not because he had money. It's because money had him. Amen? Moving on. Accordingly, he says, the beautiful, well-known passage from Hebrews could be modified. Therefore, let us draw near with... And I'm going to add the word equal here. Sorry, John. Okay. Let us therefore... Because that's what you were trying to say. Uh, therefore, let us draw near with equal confidence to the throne of grace so that we may equally receive mercy and equally find grace to help in time of need. That's not for everybody except the rich person. Amen? That is for everybody. I don't know why people tend to do this in their brain. You know, it's all of these verses are for everyone. We all need God's grace. Amen? You know, it's like somebody said, you know, it's like the poor person down on the street looking up at the building, at the, at the top corner office, and thinking, oh, if I just had money, all my troubles will be away. And the guy in the top corner office looking down at the poor person and thinking, oh, God, I'd love to not have any problems. <laughs> just nothing, just not to have to worry about, you know, just like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know? See, this is, we all need grace. We all need God's help. In other words, God's grace is available to all, whatever the need. It doesn't discriminate between rich and poor. And it isn't available more to one than the other. So let us not do that. Amen? Amen. Okay. With this in mind, let's look at the first thought expressed in James 1.10, when he says, 
again, but the rich glory in his humiliation. With regard, with regard to being humble and secretive in our generosity. So let's go to Matthew 23, please. Matthew 23, I have to, I have to remind you of a couple of things. Show you a couple of things. So you get this. Matthew 23 and verse uh, 11. In fact, I want to read verses 11 and 12. I want you to listen to these with the rich in mind now. Okay? But he who is great among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's stop there for a minute. This scripture is for everybody, by the way. Okay? But I, I'm, because we're talking about the rich, I want to kind of lean towards there today. Okay? Can you all let me do that? He says, he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. This is a word to people who have a lot of money, who have a lot of influence. Those that are great. People that would say, oh, that person is, okay, rich or influential or whatever. Okay, one of those, those people. He's saying those who are in that position, he says, listen. He says, those who are, he who is great or she who is great among you shall be your servant. This is interesting. He's saying they need to learn to serve you with what they have. You, you know, people that are in government are serving you. We go, oh, that's an MP or that's the prime minister or whatever. They're actually there to serve you. If they don't serve you, they need to get tossed out and somebody else needs to get in there. No, seriously, they can't walk around going, well, I'm the PM. Hello. <laughs> grovel, grovel, grovel. That's not the, the point of them being there. Isn't this funny? Can you see this? The point of them being in that exalted position is to help you. Amen. See how they're the servant. They're serving you. See, when we think servant, we think grovel, grovel, and sweep the floor and everything else. No, serving is all kinds of things. You know, one of the revelations I got was that to serve someone, you need to know stuff. You know, if I want to help Jamie, for example, if I don't know what a computer is, if I'm going, what's an iPod? I can't help him. And he says, well, i got a problem with a computer. I go, what's that? See, I can't do anything. I can't serve him. I can't help him because I don't know. Now, if I know stuff and he says, I have a problem here, I can sit down and have an intelligent conversation with him and say, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And he goes, yeah, actually. And sometimes, you know, when you're just talking to somebody, you kind of go, oh, wait, I got it. And, you know, you kind of, okay, I'm glad to be of help. You know? <laughs> and they're off. But only if you're intelligent and only if you know something about what's going on. Are you all with me? And see, this is the reason why we never stop learning. We never stop growing. Amen. And so one of the things that I realized was the more we know, the more we can help. And the only way we can help is if we know. Are you all here? Amen. And so I realized, I got this revelation to be a servant, to be able to serve, to be able to help. I need to have the information that I need in order to do that, even if God wants to talk to me about it, even if I want to let God in on what's going on, he needs to be able to say something to me, and I go, and I'm not going, what is that? Are you all with me? Amen? All right. And watch this, he says in verse 12, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever tries to exalt himself. Now, this, the two things here that I mentioned is exactly what James is doing. 
He is, I need you to remember that James is the half-brother of Jesus. And it is, it is noted that even people that have, have commented on James have said most of James, in fact, everything that James writes in his epistle came from what he heard Jesus preach. Isn't that interesting? So I have to keep going back to Jesus because he's just quoting Jesus constantly. And the thing with them was that they didn't say Jesus said this. They would know Jesus said that. That's how they passed information down. So when you heard something, you'd immediately go, oh, yeah, I know who said that. That was their way of communication, you know. So, this, so we need to go back to whatever James wrote. We need to go back to what Jesus was saying. Because he heard that and wrote with regard to what his elder brother said. Are you all with me? So what we see here and what I'm seeing here is that he saw this and he picked up on this and he's writing these verses. And sadly, people, because they don't know where it came from, they are going and misinterpreting it and doing all sorts of crazy things with it. So coming back to this and with this in view now, notice he says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. For those people who are rich and want to flaunt it, they're going to be humbled. That's verse 11 that's coming up, okay? But for, that's, that's not the whole of it. But he who humbles himself, he who is greatest among. Remember, this is about the greatest. This is not somebody who has nothing. I'm being humble, I'm not having anything. No, you're just poor. Go get something, then then seek, <laughs> okay? No, man, this is, you got something. You can flaunt it, but you won't. You say, God, I want to bless somebody with this. I can, you know, I, I don't want to lavish it on myself. I don't want to be, here's the word, covetous. I want to be generous. Amen? And he says, he who humbles himself, watch, will be exalted. If you've got it, and you say, God, I don't want to be known, and I want to just bless people quietly. And let's go to uh, uh, Mark chapter 10. I want to bless people quietly. You say, well, where's the reward in that? I'm getting there. Okay? <laughs> I just want to bless people quietly. And I just want your blessing, God. I don't want people to say, oh, that was so awesome. You paid for most of the building. No, 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 no. That's, that's, see, if that's all you want, that's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. Jesus said, lap it up. That's all you're getting. If that's what you want, that's all you're going to get. But if you do it in secret, then you open the door for God to bless you and for God to reveal what you've done in his time in the right way and keep you in a place where you continue to be a blessing without getting prideful. Amen? Because there is a lot of power it's a lot of things. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. You, you get what I'm going to say in a minute. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. So <clears throat> let, let me read this. All right. So I've said here again, this scripture is for everyone who is in disposition, whether rich or influential or both. The greater you are, the more you are called to serve. The greater you are, the more you are called to serve. Did you get that? Yeah. Okay. With the understanding that whatever you give up for God will be multiplied and returned to you. See, that's the thing. You do it for God and it'll come back. Do it for yourself, forget about it. Okay? And then go, don't go to God and go, oh God, why? You know, oh God, I gave all of this. And yeah, and you told everybody about it. So that was it. You can't get anything, that's it. You got your reward. Okay? All right. 
So again, he says, I've said here, whatever you give up for God will be multiplied and returned to you. We know that to be true because of what Jesus says to Peter right after the incident with the rich young ruler. Okay, this is after the rich young ruler walks off. Peter says something. He goes, well, we've left everything and, and, and we're following you. Because that's what he asked the rich young ruler to do. Okay, and watch what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't say, and that's good. Because I want you poor. And I want you without anything. And I want you to just be scraping day to day. Is not what he said. No. The Christian community thinks that way. But let's see what Jesus said. Can we just read now? Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Assuredly. Do you see the words assuredly? Assuredly means he's saying this is an absolute surety. There's no if, but, or mm. Okay, this is the absolutely. He says, surely I say to you, there is no one. Do you see the words no one? There is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, verse 30, who shall not receive a hundredfold in glory is not what it says. Everybody preaches that. Can you see the next few words? Now, in this time. Not, not somewhere out there. Now, right now. He says, now in this time, houses. Ooh, going to real estate, man. I mean, you've got houses, you've got rent. It's a one market that keeps going up. Hello. Jesus wasn't stupid. He goes, go into real estate. <laughs> and stuff's going up all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. I'm playing with you a little bit. But, but I want you to notice something here. Jesus says, assuredly. He says, there's no question about this. There's no like, oh, geez, I wonder if. No, no, none of those things. He says, assuredly, I'm saying to you, if you've left anything for my sake in the Gospels, anything that you've left, a hundredfold is coming back to you. He says, we shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. He, that, that's not a hundred percent. Do you all understand a hundredfold means I give you a buck and God gives me a hundred back? You know, a hundred percent is I give a buck and I get a buck back and I get two bucks back. I've made a hundred percent profit on my one dollar. I now have two dollars. Okay, hundredfold is you give one and you get a hundred back. That's a good deal. Can you see? Now, watch, watch, watch. I want to take this back now. Let's go back. He who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself, who is not looking for it, God's going to bless you a hundred times over. Only while you humble yourself. Amen. So he says, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution, darn it. But it's with persecution because people don't want this. Because most, most of the church will persecute you. Oh, you're rich, oh, filthy looker. Hello. You know, money is the root of all evil. Read the Bible. The love of money is the root of all evil. Right. <laughs> and, and, not, okay, it doesn't end. And in the age to come, eternal life. 
Listen, which tells us something. You can be rich and go to heaven. Hey, Jesus just said it. Yes. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you're going to miss out. Just because you're poor doesn't mean you're going. Because you can be poor and covetous and every cent you get, that's what you want. You want to keep it? Bless God, I found it. Hello? <laughs> okay? I, I need you to get something here. Please get this because otherwise, you know, people get up there. They get all religious and they preach all these messages and everybody just walks out with their head hanging and they don't you know what all this is like. Dear God, I should have just gone to the footy today, not come to church, you know? <laughs> Why did I turn up? I want to share this with you because I want you to know that God wants you blessed to be a blessing. Because once you're blessed, remember the poor person? What were they meant to focus on? Their royal heritage. So that they can get to the place where God's blessing them. Once you get blessed now, you've got to switch. Amen? You've got to now learn how to let go of it and not tell anybody. Because the poor person wants to, because their mentality, they want to say, oh, I gave $100 this week. Because it was like hard for them to give one buck. Now they're giving 100 they're so proud of it. And you do that, and you're going to miss out on your blessing now, because you're not. Matthew chapter 6. Let's go there. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. Ma Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> How do you qualify for all these blessings? Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. I told you, I'll give this to you. I'll show this to you, okay? There won't be any question about what, what is being spoken of here. Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. But when you do a charitable deed, let everybody know what's happening. Be excited. Stand with the pastor and get your picture taken. I paid for this building. Okay. It's not what Jesus says. Yes, but I was poor, and now I got all this money, and now I'm sharing with everybody. Listen, listen, listen. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Praise God that you, you, you switched over from the I need to be blessed to I want to be a blessing. Hallelujah. But now you need to learn something else. You need to learn how to be quiet. Let's see, verse, verse 3. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, this is not a person that's got a split personality, and one half of the body is going off one way. And Okay, all right? It's not like that, all right? This is, a, this is a saying. This is something to let you know that you want to do it in secret. You want to do it so quietly that nobody notices and that you don't notice, that you don't keep track. Do you understand? You know, I've given this person so much money already. Hush! You just lost your blessing. How many times have you know? No, I won't go there. I don't want to do that. Okay. So he says, watch this again. 
But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I'm talking to the rich person now, okay? I'm talking to the person of, influ of influence, the person that has finances. I'm talking to that person. Listen to me. God wants to bless you. God wants to do incredible things. But he says, when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse 4, that your charitable deed may be done in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you quietly. Is not what it says. Watch what he says. We'll reward you openly. See, you need God to reward you openly, not you. That's his obligation. If you ever try to step over into his area, <laughs> crash and burn. Won't work. You won't get anything. Are you all with me? Let, let's keep going. I, I, I want you to catch some things here, okay? The, the point I'm trying to make is this. I hope you're getting this. This is the first side of this, all right? Is the fact that those of you who are blessed, and those of you watching online as well, those of you who are blessed, you know, don't get into that mentality of, well, let me see how much I want to be a blessing today. I'll decide. Well, I've got my really big trip on, and I've got my, <laughs> you know, and my six days off, and, and my this and that and everything else. Oh, I could maybe give you 20 bucks. Don't do stuff like that. You go to God and say, God, what is, it you want, what is it that you want me to give? Because whatever he tells you to give, he's obligated to bless you back a hundredfold. Whatever you do, listen, whatever you do in response to his voice will be blessed. Whatever you negotiate, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? Let's give you a scenario. Okay, so the Lord says, I'm just using this number because it's easy, okay? So the Lord says, give him a hundred bucks. You go, oh, uh, ouch. <laughs> Let's talk about it. You are about to talk yourself out of a blessing now. Let's see how you go. All right, so you say, Lord, I, 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 please don't get guilty over this, please. This is not for that, okay? I'm just giving you an example of something. Uh, if the Lord says, give five bucks, give five bucks. That's it. If he says, give two, give two. You know, whatever. If he says, give a thousand, whatever. Okay? Just do whatever he tells you to do. Because whatever he tells you to do, he's not, he's not bad with finances. He's not a person that says, oh, did I tell you to give that much? Ah, sorry, I didn't know the electricity bill was due. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> never mind, you can go without lights for a month. Anyways, <laughs> whatever. It'll never happen. When he tells you to give, he knows everything that's going on. More than you. And if he's asking you to give, it may be that you've got a $400 bill coming and you need more money than you have. And his way of doing it is to say, I need you to give 100 bucks right now because I can get you 800 back so that you'll have your 400 for your electricity bill and leftovers. That's how he works. Do you understand? And so whatever you begin to negotiate now, so let's say I start negotiating. I say, now, Lord, <laughs> it's good for you up on the throne. And it's all good up there. I got bills. I got things down here. I got to eat. I got 600 cats to feed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, whatever, okay, whatever it is. You know, you, you start to negotiate now. And you, and you sort of say, look, look, let, let, let's talk about 50, maybe 50. 
But wait, I've got to do that. Uh, how about 20, 20? Uh, let, let us work with 20. And so you negotiate down to 20. I think I can manage 20. So you give 20 and $200 come in. But your bill is $400. And then you say, God, how come I don't have enough money? I gave. And I don't have enough money to pay my electricity bill. Is what we do. Are you all with me? Okay. I didn't want to share on that, but never mind. Let's move on. I just, want to, I just want you to know something, but please only do this as you're led by the Spirit. Not because somebody comes and makes you feel guilty. Don't give out of guilt. Don't give out of compulsion. Do you understand? I'm telling you this because people will preach stuff to get stuff off of you. Don't let that happen. You listen to what God has asked you to do. Because, you know, one of the things that happens, listen to me. If you heard before you left home, God said, I want you to put $5 in there. And the preacher gets up and says, no, everybody that gives 20 bucks, you know, God's really going to bless you. And he's really going to, and really this and really that. And you go, really? God said five, I'm giving you five. And he sees you putting five. Oh, you're not going to really get blessed because, you know, you didn't give 20. You're $15 short of a blessing. You're $15. Never mind. You, <laughs> you're going to say something else to But, you know, listen. Don't, don't, don't let people convince you, you know, make you give. Whatever is in your heart to give, that's what you give because that's where the blessing is. And that's what God will bless you for. Otherwise, what happens as well is that people give more than what they should as, I'm going to give this out there. Hello. Okay. All right. I'm secure in my ministry. All right. People give more because somebody forced them to do it. And then they don't get the blessing on it. And then they say, see, I gave all this money to the church and got nothing. And now I can't buy my house or I can't pay this off or whatever. These are real stories. Do you understand? Because you didn't decide. You didn't hear from God before you left. I always, you know, can I suggest this to you? Find out from God before you leave. Don't, let, don't go to church and let somebody convince you, ever. We, we won't ever do that here, but, you know, I don't know where else, you know. I don't know where you're going for you, okay? All right. All right, so moving on. Dear Lord, i got to get past this. All right, so he says again here, remember he says when you do a church, so the things that we've seen here is number one, I'm talking about rich people now, okay? People of influence and rich. Number one, whoever is greatest among you shall be your servant. He who humbles himself will be exalted, okay? Assuredly, I say to you, there's no one who has left houses or father or mother, or brother, or whatever, lands for my sake and the gospel shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, okay? Are you watching this? All right, so if you humble yourself, if you do these things, then he says, when you, the way you do this, now once you get to the place where you're being blessed, you need to let your, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, sort of thing. Okay? You give in secret. All right? Because God will reward you. God will reward you. He will reward you openly in so many different ways. So you will be blessed. So for the rich person, they need to know this. That's where the glory is. The glory is being able to give all kinds of money and have God give it back to you multiplied. Press down, shaking together, and running over. And you got a massive bank account already. And when you finish, you end up with a bigger bank account. Are you getting this? There, there's the glory. 
The humiliation is that you are humble. You never want to be known. And when people say, was it you that put in the... No, I didn't. And you almost get to lying. Because you just don't want people to know. Are you all with me? Because that's the whole point is... Listen, are you ready now? They want you to thank God for it, not them. Can I say that again? They want you to thank God because they want to be the hand of God in this earth. They want to be the answer to prayer. Hear me. So that God gets the glory. And when you let God get the glory, then God does something incredible. He exalts you. Watch. And he rewards you openly. So you don't have to do anything but stay humble and keep being a blessing. Are you all with me? Amen? Amen. Is that clear? Acts chapter 20, verse 35, as we conclude. And then we'll pick up on the other thought next time. (laughs) The Apostle Paul is speaking here and he says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. Did Did you hear that? Okay, you must support the weak. Whatever, whatever influence and whatever power and whatever finances, be a blessing. Watch, it doesn't end there. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. There's the blessing. There is something beautiful about blessing someone. There's something beautiful about doing something secretly and not being known for what you've done and seeing the joy in somebody's face and, and, you know, just for them to go, oh, praise God, thank you, God. You heard me, you saw me. Because that's how it translates, that God heard them. Amen? And that you get to be a part of that blessing. And God will show you every time God has, whenever we've done something in secret, and I will never tell you, all right, but whenever, whenever we, oh, this is not a secret, yeah? Okay, but whenever we've done anything in secret, God has always, some way, somehow, let us know and blessed us in that way. And it's such a blessing. And we never reveal, short of lying. Sometimes people guess. Anyway, so, dang it. But not because we wanted them to. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, we did everything we could to. Some people are too smart. It's just. Anyway, so this is what the rich can glory in and take pride in, being a blessing to people in secret, as I said here, and being the hand of God and the answer to people's prayers. What an honor. Amen? Amen.